This is Nomina's Mental Health Mavens, where each week we bring you guests from the mental health addictions and holistic care community to talk about different issues and treatment modalities. Now, just a reminder, guests' opinions are their own and some content may be triggering. And with that, today's guest is Sheridan Taylor, author of the book, OK, Not OK. And he's here to talk with us about not only his book, but intergenerational trauma from an Indigenous perspective. So let's welcome Sheridan. Well, welcome, Sheridan. I mentioned a little bit about your story in the introduction, but uh, our topic today is intergenerational trauma from an Indigenous perspective. So I thought maybe, and I know you're open with your story, if you can share a little bit with us in in, um, your personal journey. Well, I was born in uh, Northern Alberta uh, on an Air Force base, Cold Lake Air Force base. Um, I am Indigenous. I'm Métis on both sides of my family, uh, more prevalent on my mother's side than my father's. Uh, we are uh, primarily in the Hiawak, what the Canadians call Cree, uh, and Anishinaabe, or Soto, um, with a touch of Mi'kmaq. My children are, I don't know what generation that they are of uh, of Métis, but uh, they're, they're, we're doing it differently with them. I learned to be ashamed while being proud of being Indigenous. There's this thing that that happens in Indigenous communities sometimes, some Indigenous families where we uh, we do this sort of, you're the blood of Cree warriors. Be proud of that, but don't tell anybody. Right? Be proud privately. Uh, so there's 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 so much going on with that with that sort of I'm gonna call it a mentality to the culture. The zeitgeist. I don't. I don't know what to call that. Um, but that's that's this thing that that uh, that I learned. It's 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 odd. It's very confusing. For instance, my father can never be called a racist. Anyone to use that word, apply it to him, and yet he is a product of his place and time. My father knowingly married an indigenous woman to make more indigenous people, <laughs> um, which I'm one. Right. Uh, so you, you you can never you can't say he's racist. He knew that the person he was marrying um, is Indigenous. He knew that. And he knew that any children he had would therefore also be. So you, you could never call my father racist. But he's saying the most horribly racist things. It just, it just comes out of him. He has no idea what he's doing or saying. It's just it's a part of, of the culture of, of, of Canada's, um, and, and not just white Canada, European colonizer Canada, right? But like, it's, it's, it's product that's it's evolved amongst all the peoples that share this these borders this idea that there is somehow an idea of less than you know there's this othering concept right well i was going to ask what so is racism part of that intergenerational trauma that gets passed down i mean i know most of us think that it is um you know, alcoholism, or it's, it's family violence that gets passed down, or that it's um, socioeconomical or economic, but, you know, is, is racism one of those things that is passed down? It's, it's, you could call it the source of, of all the other stuff. Um, You know, you, you could say that if, if we want to go with just the classic idea of generational trauma that's what's being uh touted in, in the newspapers and the medias you know the idea of the residential schools and and the awfulness that transpired and and, and these sorts of things then 
if you just follow that line of reasoning, we'll just just follow that that little bit before we take like a giant segue to a, to a tangent. But that all started with racism. That all started with with this idea that um, well, the Indian problem. We're going we're so idea of the um, of Canada uh, to meet its ideas of progress and to its manifest destiny and and to become the nation that it wanted to become. Uh, it had to get it had to deal with this this problem it had with, with these these black haired brown haired people uh, brown skinned people it's, there's they're they're in the way so we have to we have to deal with that so what do we do with that what's you know that then we get the Indian problem as as Sir John A called it what do, how do we fix this problem what do we do well, we have, what's the best thing for them well clearly the best thing is to make them like us so we'll make them white. We'll make them act white. We'll take we will take the savage out of the man, was how Sir John A put it. And we'll take the Indian out of the child. And we'll make them just like us. So we'll we'll kidnap the children and we'll force them to learn a language their parents can't speak, so that the parents can't teach them their flawed, savage, barbaric culture. And then we'll we'll cut their hair. We'll make them be just like us. They will be the same as we are according to the UN that's genocide so what what happened is uh you have this these nations of people of humans scattered across what's now Canada who have it laid out pretty pretty clearly I'm gonna try not to swear I swear a lot so <laughs> I'm gonna try real hard not to do that but um have it laid out for them pretty clearly that they are less than they're not as good as and so they will they will do as they're told. Um, some of it was through sheer uh, force or threat of force. Some of it was through economic extortion, right? If you don't send your children to these schools, you won't get your free cow. We've not allowing you to hunt anymore, and the bison are all dead anyway. So if you want to survive, you get the free cow that we might or might not give you. But we definitely won't give it to you if you don't send your kids to that school where there's a very good chance that you're you're never going to see them again. And when you do see them again, you may never be able to talk to them again. And that's all based on race. It's all predicated on race. The whole the whole thing is... is And it's, it, this, there's, this, I, there's, this, there's this judgy feel that goes along with saying stuff like that. Like somehow that um, because of the deeds of men a couple of centuries ago... That 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 sin somehow carries over and transmutes and becomes a part of of their of of their great great grandchildren. Like somehow that that you know, quote unquote, white Canada is is to blame for what happened two hundred years ago. That's, that's absurd. That's also racism. Like not 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 every white Canadian is a bad person. I married one of them. I married two of them actually. They, they were pretty amazing. They worked out really great. I liked them a lot. Uh, <laughs> so they, this there's this other this this reverse idea that somehow. All indigenous people are victims, and all uh, you know descendants of the Europeans are are evil. Well, I, that's absurd. There's that idea too that somehow um, because some really bad decisions were made a long time ago, with arguably the very best of intentions, and horrible things happened, that somehow we have to punish the generations of descendants from the men who made those choices, and that's absurd too. And then you have this idea where you have um, uh, uh, Canadians resistant to the concept, the idea that there was genocide. 
Well, of course they're going to resist that. If you tell them you're a bad person because your great-grandpa did this bad thing. Now they have to live with that, this idea that my great-grandpa did a, did a bad thing. Arguably, it wasn't because what the intentions count, right? But what was it, you know, some some Canadian politicians were just, just you know, what we call Nazis today. They were evil. They were racist. They, you know, they, they meant to exterminate the species. Like they wanted to get rid of us. Sure. I don't agree that all of them did. I, I can't believe that. I, mm-hmm. I can't believe that anybody wants to murder children. And if they if that was the goal, then why didn't they just declare a hunting season? That's a quick fix. So they did in Newfoundland, right? They hunted the biotech out of extinct into extinction. They they hunted them into extinction. They hunted men, women, and children in you know, an even more primitive time than this. But so if they really wanted to exterminate all of the nations, the First Nations, then they could have just did that. They didn't. Um, it's it's still happening. It's, it's still happening. We're 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 still dying in droves across across Canada in reserves everywhere. But uh, yeah, my my sister has a true crime podcast and is extremely vocal about you know what's happening to some indigenous women and why there's why there isn't the uproar that there there is if it was just your typical white canadian girl that uh gets abducted and goes missing yeah i have seated shame i'm deeply ashamed that i'm so grateful my children look white should one of them go missing there's a very good chance that the police will look for them so what would your suggestion be going forward then how can uh, okay, there's two parts to that question. How can we as a society do better? And then what about those who are experiencing it? What what can they what can they do? Oh, the solution is is the same. Trauma is trauma. I I don't I don't care where it comes from. Trauma is trauma. And the result is the same. Whether it's intergenerational. Okay, uh, in in my case, for instance, um, yes, I'm indigenous on both sides of my family. I'm also the product of veterans on both sides of my family. So you got a whole different kind of trauma happening there now. I'm a veteran, son of, son of, the son of, the son of. And we're all bad shit crazy. I, I've, I've put an incredible amount of work in the last six years to stop the cycle with me so that I don't affect my children. Intergenerational trauma changes us genetically. It, it programs us. Um, and not, not least in that... Um, because my father was a traumatized veteran, son of a traumatized veteran, son of a traumatized veteran, um, my mother was uh, lost in stress and anxiety. She was married to a man who was emotionally disconnected from himself. He he was emotionally ignorant. He had no idea what to do with his body when it did things. He was taught to not have emotions. We're not allowed, and are not allowed to have emotions. We can be angry, hungry. Tired and, and horny. That's what we, men can feel, those four things. We can't feel anything else, right? Women women are allowed to feel everything except angry. Don't get angry. You can't be a good girl. Be, a, be quiet. Be polite. Be, be cheerful. Be a, my mother, her entire pregnancy was, was stressed to the gills. So I was swimming in cortisol and I feed it as, as a fetus. That, that's, that's what I learned. Right? That's, that's, I learned to see cortisol. I, I seek stress. I seek trauma. I look for it. I, I, if I can't have it, I, I create it. I, I did this in, in my marriage for years where things are going great. I can't have that. Got to be Got to do something stupid and cause a fight. Got I, I, I don't have my chaos. I need my chaos. I don't, I don't, I don't have cortisol. I feel oxytocin. I can't have that. I feel serotonin. I can't, I can't allow that to happen. I'm feeling calm. 
That's not good. I'm scared of calm. I'm scared of that. I know anger. I know how to be. I know how to be angry. I know how to deal with anger. I know that's my comfort zone. If we even ignore the genetic changes that that are programmed into each succeeding traumatized generation, just that alone, the fact that I seek cortisol the way a healthy person seeks oxytocin and serotonin and, and dop- dopamine, and, and I had to learn how to hug my wife. I had to learn how to hug my wife because I had to learn how to hug my kid because I didn't like, I was uncomfortable having skin to skin contact with a human being because that would release oxytocin, serotonin, right? Feel good hormones that are, that that's why they're, they're in us to make us connect with each other. We are a mammalian herd species, right? Or pack species, but we are as mammals, as a specific mammal species that we are, we we crave connection with one another in the same way we crave oxygen and deprived of either we die. I had to learn how to do that because I, I I I couldn't hold my kid. I couldn't hug my baby. I, I didn't like it. It scared me. That's that's the product of generational trauma. I don't I don't like I didn't like that stuff. Um and it's a, a thing which we we're working hard to to change with my my older boy um he's 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 fine hugging grandma mom grandpa everybody else but me because i for the first four years of his life i, I never hugged him. i never hugged my baby yeah we were my both my husband and i were talking the other day about how long it took our parents to finally say i love you back and it was only in their senior years where after after because I mean my kids and I say it all the time, but that that took a long time because that was never said in their household. And it was never said in our household. And then slowly we started to break down those barriers and work towards that change. And then, you know, with it's I I hope that it's ended with my kids' generation now. So how do how do we how do we as a society repair all the harm that's been done? We do the opposite of that. It starts within each and every one of us. The first thing we learn to do is accept that we have emotionals. Emotionals? Yeah. Yeah, that's a word. I'll allow it. Cool. Feelers. <laughs> we, we have feelers. Yeah. <laughs> I love those things. Uh, that happens. And it's okay. Like we, we accept that, yeah, we run the full gamut of emotions. We have emotions we don't even have names for. And it doesn't make us bad people it doesn't make us wrong or 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 anything it just makes us people we're europe you're a people and i'm a people and we're people together and as people together we have feelings and emotions and they work sometimes well sometimes not sometimes they they really serve our purpose and sometimes they really don't but they're there and the more comfortable we are with having them and the more able we are to understand what they're doing, the better connected we become within ourselves to ourselves. And once we start being able to connect with ourselves, we begin to connect our mind, our spirit, our body, you know, our conscious, subconscious, unconscious, however you want to phrase it. Once we get all of our bits and pieces to stop floating around and just connect do you want to talk a little bit about your book? Sure, real quick. Um, so the book is called Not Okay, question mark, okay, because uh, because it's it actually is okay to not be okay. Because honestly, no one's actually okay anywhere, ever. We're just, we're just not. <laughs> okay is a myth. It's, it's, a, it's a complete lie. 
um, and that's okay too. It's so the story, the book is just is just uh, my way of just reaching out to the world and letting everyone know that, hey, you know what? Uh, I wasn't okay for a real long time, and I'm not always okay now, um, and that's fine. So if you're also not okay all the time, that's that's great. That's, it means you're you're human, and that means you as a human have inherent worth and value, and and keep on doing what you're doing because being a human's cool. It's just it's my way of just letting everyone, and it, it comes from a guy who's right because it's okay for me to struggle because I'm a veteran and I'm indigenous, so it's okay. I'm I'm allowed. It's acceptable, right? That's okay for it's okay for me, right? But it's okay for everyone because everyone struggles. So it's, it's the book is just it's just it's just a story of how I went completely crazy. Uh, some of it is hardcore science, but with a lot of swearing in it because I'm not a scientist. I'm a hillbilly. <laughs> I'm a redneck, so I swear a lot. Um, but it's it's science. It's it's the stuff I was learning as I was going through therapy. And yeah, it's it's how I how I did it. How I how I got better. How anyone can follow the same loose path. Well, you can't do stuff right because you're not me. But we're all humans. We're all pretty much programmed to do the same stuff and react to the same things the same way. So it, it'll probably help you out if you do it too. I'm going to uh, I'm going to link your book in the in the description and the show notes. Uh, so if anyone is interested in checking cool. that out, cool. I hope. can do so. So far, um, the big thing, the big takeaway for that was people have a hard time reading or uh, getting the courage to read a book when they're lost in trauma, uh, PTSD, depression, anxiety. These these rob us of our ability to concentrate and they rob us of our ability to retain knowledge. Right. Well, this book was written for people with PTSD, depression, anxiety, ADHD, because written by a guy with PTSD, anxiety, depression, ADHD. It's pretty. It's a pretty. It's a pretty easy read, but it's it's powerful. Well, thank you so much for your time today. It was lovely to meet you in person, and um, yeah, hopefully we'll yes, see you again. Yes, I love that. You've been lovely.